All right, welcome back to the podcast. I am going to continue the discussion about chastity here because I'm so privileged to not only call this woman my best friend, but to just praise her work as a novelist, as a writer. She is born and raised in Philly, and about a year ago, self-published her own chastity book called Freedom to Love. And it's an absolute gem. Read it whether I knew this best friend of mine or not, because it's a conversation I think every person needs to have when they're deciding where in the world do they find this true love our hearts yearns for and speaks about. So I'm going to let you introduce yourself, love of my life, Lindsay. <laughs> You are very kind, Shannon. Thank you so much for having me. Um, this is an absolute pleasure. So please introduce yourself. Yeah. So uh, my name is Lindsay Todd. And just to keep it short and sweet, I'm a Catholic writer. Um, been working in the corporate world for just over three years, but I'm actually moving in a few weeks to start graduate school at Dartmouth College to pursue a Master of Arts in Creative Writing. Um, I've written five books to date, three of which are available on Amazon, including Freedom to Love, and two of which are novels I've been pitching recently to literary agents. Um, I'm also a blogger for The Chastity Project, which is a, a nonprofit organization uh, that speaks to young people about chastity and pure dating relationships. And if you're interested in any of my writing, you can visit lindsaytodd.net. You beat me right to it. I was just going to tell you to tell everyone where to find you. So you actually hit all the nail. Things that Lindsay won't tell you is that she loves fashion and deep political conversations <laughs> and theological <laughs> discussions. So she's a full circle kind of girl. She hits all the nails on the head and she would never say it again, but she's got that red lipstick state of mind, <laughs> the sweetness like honey. She's free. She's fearless. And we were talking last night, and she basically is, like, the embodiment of the girl in the Taylor Swift music oh videos. Stop. <laughs> so if you want to get, like, just the total well-rounded picture of, of Lindsay, she is that girl that you read about in the Nicholas Sparks novel and much more. She has depth to her, and that's why she is rightfully picked for this conversation um, about love and the title freedom to love like all we want is just freedom to have this fierce and free and authentic love and you talk about that in your book um, so I wanted to start off Linz with you sharing with us your story and I actually have to share with the listeners that <laughs> I read one of Lindsay's articles on chastity project and it's so deeply resonated with me that I scrolled down to see who wrote it saw that this blogger lives 30 minutes not even from my house <laughs> and Facebook stalked her because that's how we meet people these <laughs> days and I just said hey if you're open there's young adult ministry at my parish that was you know a way that we met each other, but we connected even more and ended up going out to dinner. And the story that Lindsay's about to share with you was, and I'm not even kidding this. She does, I'm not kidding when I say this. She doesn't believe me, but it was the most amazing story I've ever heard. And I'll tell you why after you hear it. So, Lindsay? Oh my gosh, those are, those are high expectations to live up to. Um, so, okay, I'm, I'm going to try to condense the story, and it's going to be difficult, but I will do my best. Um, 
also just disclaimer, I'm going to be referring to my ex-boyfriend as Wade. So, so Wade and I started dating as sophomores in high school. And before that, we'd actually been close friends for a year. And then we dated um, through shortly after my uh, college graduation. So just to put it in perspective, um, this man was in my life for seven years. And we really grew up together. And I think that makes it uh, more of an, an intense thing that it would have been even if we dated later on. Um, he was my first real love. We were crazy about each other. Like I would see him and I would just want to like kiss his face off. Uh, <laughs> accurate. Um, yeah, I mean, we had the kind of relationship you read about in like a Sarah Dustin novel and like he was a football player in high school. So I'd go to his games and then like afterward I would run onto the field to congratulate him and he would like throw his dirty sweaty arm around me and kiss me. And it was just the whole, whole relationship was that level of cute. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were like the, the golden standard of like relationship success among our friends. Um, but we always had this kind of faith discrepancy. So, um, Wade and I were both, but I really internalized and loved my faith and Wade was always kind of questioning it. Um, and even became really hostile toward it later on. Mm. So um, about two and a half years into our relationship, um, we slept together the first time and I remember crying afterward because even though he had been so sweet and so gentle um, and even though we loved each other I think as much as we could at that time a part of me was just really deeply torn about the decision because I knew what my faith taught done wasn't conducive to also being a practicing Catholic Mm. but because I was young and in love and because my boyfriend didn't understand chastity we continued to have sex for three years. Um, never deluded myself into believing that it was actually okay because I knew that it wasn't. Um, and it was because as a human being with a pulse, I enjoyed sex and I enjoyed it with a man I had really planned on marrying. Um, our end goal was to get married. And I never stopped going to mass or confession, but I was, just, I was very aware of the fact that I was trying to live two contradictory lifestyles And most of the time, I just chose not to dwell on it because it was just too hard to deal with. Mm. And then um, really one day, I just grew so dissatisfied and so tired of like the the cognitive dissonance I was experiencing that I realized in order to feel that that relationship was truly right, I had to go back and I had to take the sex out. Mm. It took me months to reach that decision because... I knew deep down that it was like kind of a do or die situation for us. I knew it would determine like really whether we'd move forward in our relationship. And at first um, Wade acted like he was fine with it or said he was fine with it until it became clear that he wasn't. Um, Yeah. He like would pout a lot and he'd make me feel guilty. And um, I do think in his defense, not that I'm trying to defend that, but um, like to him, it's like his girlfriend had done a 180 overnight where one minute I was okay with our lifestyle and one minute I wasn't. Yeah. But I think it only seemed that way to him because he didn't understand my soul or the relationship i had always had with God. Um, like I think his ability to see my faith for what it was was very limited because he, he couldn't make sense of it for himself. Mm. Um, so I remember asking him toward the end of our relationship, 
can't you tone down your faith to like 50% because mm-hmm. I just feel like it's 90% of your personality and like there's so much more to you than that. Mm. I remember just being blown away by that and just thinking, wow, like this man is supposed to be so in love with me and he sees the most, like what I consider to be the most vibrant part of my personality. And he's telling me to, to tone it down, like to water myself down. Mm. Um, my faith was inherently good and he wanted me to change it. So I told him, no, I couldn't tone down my faith for him. And he said, well, relationships are supposed to be about compromise. And I said, you know, I can compromise on what color you want me to paint the walls. I can compromise on what movie we decide to watch on a Friday night, but I can't keep compromising myself for you. Mm. And we broke up shortly after that, um, still very much in love when I realized he was never going to make it easy or even possible for me to live faithfully. Um, And it was really only in choosing God that I uh, found the peace and freedom I was ultimately looking for. Yeah. Wow. And I speak to countless young people, young adults, teenage girls, teenage boys, you, you name it. I've talked to them about their love life and, you know, it's a courageous thing to end something that has been fruitful for seven years Thank you. Yeah, to cut that off, especially for God in a world that doesn't know how to find him, that's insane. And this is why listeners need to know that your story is one of the most heroic stories of our generation, because they don't value, no no relationship values this dignity that our sexuality holds in Mm -hmm. relationships. And everything that you spoke about comes from a deep and personal level of feeling dignified and honored for who you are. And that's what should always come for us in love is that we're never ashamed of who we are. So thank you for sharing that. I know it's not always easy for you to tell your story, but I've been encouraging you to share it more. And I know someone is going to benefit from hearing it. Yeah, I hope so. And I'm, I'm happy I had the opportunity to share it. Awesome. And what stuck out to me in your book? So your book is kind of your journey after the breakup, correct? Yep, that would be correct. And I absolutely love the way you started this book off. And this is to empower our listeners because they need to hear this. Um, So the first chapter of Lindsay's book is called Too Full of Life to Be Half Loved. And she received this in a note from her friend after the breakup. Um, And this is crucial to a breakup. And you need to know once the serious detachment happens that you need to fuel your confidence and your and to be lovable as much as you can. So even when I read this and I didn't have a breakup of seven years, I knew my worth and like this snap of a finger, like that line is powerful. Um, so can you just empower our listeners about what that meant to you? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I think a lot of people settle for relationships that are ultimately not very good for them, um, either because of longevity or sex or some other type of convenience they're experiencing in the relationship. Um, But I actually remember going to confession once and bringing up my relationship to the priest. And I mentioned that we'd been together for a long time. And the priest 
response was, you can't stay with him just because you've been with him for six years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And it was an eye opener. And it's, that's the kind of sentiment I wanted to convey with, you know, too full of life to be half loved. We all deserve to be loved with authenticity, um, Mm. with the sacrificial love that God intended. And in choosing a partner based on anything less than that, we're settling for some diminished version of love that ultimately doesn't uplift us, transform us, make us holy. Um, Mm. And we're all called to holiness in our relationships and um, ultimately in marriage. So it's really important we're choosing partners who make us the fullest fullest versions of ourselves and in our identities in Christ. Absolutely. Amen. And that's where we experience the most love. And that kind of segues into my next point of what I wanted to ask you. Um, So your book highlights the beauty of waiting with someone, not for someone. Um, So can you share some more advice on why it's hard to date someone who doesn't practice chastity with you? Yeah, I'm like the poster girl for that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I think anytime you try to compromise in a relationship, when it comes to a significant worldview, you're playing with fire. Um, Like to me, it's I don't know if, if you'll follow this. It's kind of like playing a sport and claiming you want to help someone on the opposing team win mm. while you're still on your side of the field. Like it can't, it can't be done. Wow. Um, yeah. So to have, to have a healthy, successful relationship, I think you can absolutely have lots of little differences and I think those are good and help you grow. But like, for instance, to not have the same ideas or stance on chastity can be really destructive to your relationship. Um, In many cases, it's like the person who practices chastity and believes it's good is probably going to be worn down by the person who doesn't believe that it's Mm. good. Um, You're likely going to end up with a lot of regret and guilt and a broken heart, which is to me never worth it. And it's not what Jesus wants for you. Um, And obviously there are some cases I think where like maybe two people are dating and say one person practices chastity and states that very clearly up front, and the other person maybe hasn't historically practiced chastity, but says genuinely that they want to try and they have an open mentality about it. I think mm-hmm. I think that relationship has good odds of success, but like, would I recommend dating someone who doesn't practice chastity? No, because I tried it and it was really difficult for me. Um, I think if you date someone who's waiting for you, they're mostly just going to be tolerating the fact that you're trying to live a virtuous life. And that's like, that's not the kind of grand love story I'm sure you've always envisioned. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas like if someone is waiting with you, it's an indication that you're both supporting each other and playing for the same team kind of. Mm, I love that. And in your book, you, you highlight something super awesome that says, what should matter is that they have you like they yes. still have you and it seems like there's this hypersexualization on the act and how far can we keep this going and you know if you are really attracted to someone if, if it feels good it must be okay but that value of the person and who they are is something that was very obvious to you in your relationship and I think it takes a very deep self-awareness to realize that's what's going on and that's the problem yeah, absolutely. And the the most important thing should always be that they have you because at the end of the day, your relationship should be based on like mutual admiration and like authentic love for each other, not like how much pleasure you can give each other. 
Amen. Such good words. Such good words. Um, and I think the driving, the hit home, home run of the podcast is I wanted you to speak to the audience who might be in long-term relationships, who might be practicing chastity and need some advice, who might be questioning how long they can keep waiting, whatever's on their heart right now. And your story has so much to offer to that perspective, not answers, but to the perspective of it. Um, And again, we're all experts based on experience, but when do you think it's objectively necessary to walk away from a relationship? Yeah. um, It's kind of a tough question to answer because Obviously, circumstances surrounding breakups are unique for every couple. Um, But the best advice I can give is no matter how long you've been with someone, um, no matter how many times they claim they'll change or how much you hope that they will, if they're engaging in behavior or actions that kill your spirit, it's an unhealthy relationship and it's time to let go. Um, Mm. Or if they're pressuring you, to become a lesser version of yourself and they're leading you down a path that's sinful and destructive to your faith. Nothing is worth that. Um, and I don't, I don't care what anyone says. If you compromise your relationship with God, you're also compromising your identity because yeah, yeah because God created you knowing what's good for you. And it's kind of like, you know, a mechanic knows how a car runs and it's kind of like you lifting up the roof of your car and like dumping milk into where the oil should be like the car's not going to run right right we're designed for a specific purpose and when we try to like rewire our engines or like we decide we know what's best it it's not going to work um so you know at the end of the day definitely pray about any questions you have in your relationship and make sure your partner is living up to who you need them to be um And I can't emphasize this point enough. Never, ever settle because you're afraid of being alone. There yeah. are far worse things in life than a few years of singleness if it means waiting on an amazing love story that I'm sure is out there for you. So mm. don't be afraid to spend a few years just finding yourself and, and uh, enjoying your singleness. And to walk away and to fall on that mercy of God is actually how you conclude your book. And I'm just going to read a little piece of that. It says, you will find that the more you choose God, the more you choose what's right, what's good, and what's holy. And the more attractive a holy lifestyle will become for you. Holy doesn't mean boring. On the contrary, it means fullness, joyfulness, and authentic love. We only find peace when we love others completely. And it is only in chastity and sacrifice that we are able to accomplish this kind of love and anyone out there discerning what step to take in their relationship. And if you feel that heaviness of thinking it's time to end it or to put boundaries up or to put walls up to it. Yes. Spend some time with God and know that worth of that perfect love of his spirit that just reigns all over your entire being. And once you know, and are filled with that, that wisdom that you need, it all flows in. And that's the beauty of our relationship with God is that he's patient with us and your story of mercy and how he's saved you from this inauthentic love that you could have still been in is, is that, that expression that his grace saves and you are witness to that and testimony to that. And to walk away is not easy 
it's painful. It takes purging. Um, I'm so fortunate that God put me in your life to walk with you through that. And that is just the beauty of, you know, finding love is that he's never going to leave you stranded. So yeah, to the listeners, like Lindsay and I met after the breakup and we just talk about the grace of this relationship kind of being um, such evident proof that God doesn't give up on you and he shows you authentic love in every corner. And now you're going to start your new journey as a writer and you're moving to New Hampshire and life is in your hands. God just has so much fruitfulness for you. And these opportunities are, are like romances, you know, they make us come alive. They are. Yeah. Anything that dulls your being that doesn't give you that sense of being beloved. That's not romance. That's not love. Not at all. No. And I just want to point out too to listeners that um, God is never going to take something away from you and then let that be the best that you've ever had. Um, Mm. For me, it's like I've, I've been trying to kind of rekindle a a dating life again over these last few years of singleness. Um, And what happened actually is that I ended up meeting Shannon as a result of my breakup, really, because if I hadn't broken up with my boyfriend, I wouldn't have started blogging for the Chastity Project. And I never would have met the best friend of my life. Like she's the best Mm -hmm. friend I could have ever asked for. And it's such a holy, uplifting friendship we have. And I'm so grateful for it. Amen. Back at you. And it's just, it's that freedom. Like your book is called Freedom to Love. Like we should have the freedom to just open our souls up to love, to God's love, to that purity, to that single-mindedness, that there's no ulterior motives. There's no bad intentions. There's no shame. There's no guilt. It's love. It's freedom. And if you want to purchase her book, it's on Amazon, right, Lynn? It is on Amazon. And um, also please visit my website. It's just lindsaytodd.net. Um, and you can check out all my writing there as well. Perfect. And um, the cover of the book even speaks to freedom in its picture because it's just two lovers um, holding hands on their way to run into the ocean. And it's just that freedom that we can catapult into this ocean of love of who God is and that there is nothing to be afraid of in that um, and that we're made for it. Amen. And there's so much to speak to this. There's so much um, more we could say. So look into Lindsay's resources and her writing, especially her blogs on Chastity Project. Like I said, they were the reason we met. They resonated with me so well, and they still do. So check out her writing. Um, I can get. I will post the link for all her social media. Give her a follow, and I hope and pray that you ponder all these things in your heart. Um, until then, we'll see you next time. All right. Thanks so much for having me, Shan.